FIBA hoops coming up. What is there to like about this Team USA squad? Can any of these guys sneak on the Olympic roster coming up? Plus, the OKC Thunder have their head coach. What the heck's up with their roster? And it's Friday. Power ranking the best free agents available. It's all coming today on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, y'all? Happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of Locked on NBA, where we bring you the latest and greatest from around the association. Two great Midwestern people coming at you today. I'm Tony East, the host of Locked on Pacers. He's Hayes from Locked on Bulls. Hayes, do you consider Chicago the Midwest? Some people don't. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, it's the Midwest. I don't, we don't, we don't trust those people. I get why people don't, though. It's totally different. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is. It is. (laughs) Lots of fun to come today. Free agency slowed down, so pivoting a little bit. First, looking at Team USA, their roster is finalized. FIBA practices begin pretty soon. They have some exhibitions in early August. Talk about that group. What it could mean for the Olympic squad next year. Plus, Mark Dagnall contract extension with the OKC Thunder. Uh, what does that mean for their team and their roster? Whew, a lot of guys, some of whom will probably be cut ahead of the season and we'll close with power rankings because it's Friday. Thanks for tuning in to Lockdown NBA, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can see our lovely faces and Hayes, much more professional setup than mine. Let's dive in to this Team USA squad, Hayes. It's an interesting crew this year. I quite like it, but you can tell. I think this is interesting, right? They just pivoted. Grant Hill's running things now. They have a slightly different coaching staff now. They're Steve Kerr, Mark View, Ty Lue, Eric Spolstra. And as they kind of transition to a new era, I bet you see a lot of the old heads with the Olympic team next year, but this coming month for FIBA World Cup, a lot of young guys on this team. Yeah, a lot of young guys that uh, that I think make sense for international basketball going forward. Uh, specifically, like one that I'm looking, well, two that I'm looking at, Paulo Bancaro and uh, Anthony Edwards, and just I think that they could be kind of that that next new wave and face of of. Uh, Olympic and international basketball for the USA. I think Paulo's game is really made for it as well. But yes, yeah, a lot of lot of young people on this roster, and then some, some surprising, you know, veterans like a Bobby Portis is just Bobby Portis and just Josh Harder on the international team randomly. So yeah, yeah, they did do a fun mix with some vets like Portis, like Hart. Uh, sneaking in there and it's a it's a fun young crew too like I, I think most of these guys are under 26 Ben Carroll is Mikael Bridges is Jalen Brunson is a little older than that but not much and Edwards is younger than that Halberton is younger than that Josh Hart's right around there Brandon Ingram is amazingly somehow that age it feels like he's been in the league for like 10 Forever. years Jaron Jackson yeah. Jr. Indy native let's go pretty young Cam Johnson's about 26 Walker Kessler's a rookie Bobby Portis the old head and then a young Austin Reeves sneaking in there as well. So clearly, I think with this new Team USA kind of leadership, they're looking to go a little bit younger uh, with this group and growing with them, getting them some of that experience. Obviously, a lot of them played with like U19 groups and stuff like that. But this is big international series tournaments that will help them potentially transition to the next group of teams in the future because and for those of you listening to this, by the way, this is Hayes and I's round two of this. We got uh, <laughs> destroyed by the internet overlords who lost our first recordings. So we've got these names ready, but you know the 2021 Olympics, because 2020 was delayed by that year, that team had a lot of older guys. They had some younger you know, group in that mix. Like Keldon Johnson was pretty young on that team, but JaVale McGee was 
uh, in his 30s, KD, Draymond, Drew Holiday, Dame, Chris Middleton, Jeremy Grant's about to be 30. Like a lot of guys from this uh, Olympic team from 2021 that won the gold are on the wrong side of 30 and next year could be their last Olympics. Now, obviously, there's, you know, LeBron, Steph Curry, Anthony Davis types that, you know, of course, could be on this team because they're fantastic players. But in general, I think you might be seeing a transition from this young guard to the old guard. And I think that's an interesting thing to look at with this FIBA group is who stands out in these international settings. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're looking at like like I said earlier, you're looking at that next wave of players that are, that are going to be part of this, uh, you know, Olympics and international play going forward for the next four or five, however long, however many years. But you know, having players that are prepared to have their send off, like a Steph Curry, like a LeBron James, it's going to be fun next year to watch the Olympics and when it's time for that. But also have your eye on like, all right, who's going to be the ones to pick up, pick this up, and keep it moving going forward. So. Bradley Beal and Kevin Love also on that old team. Beal got COVID and then Kevin Love got hurt. So, uh, But they're also on the older side of this. And a lot of guys who you'd even think about as some old Team USA stars like Kawhi, like PG, for example, getting on that older side. So maybe you see some younger names sneak in like Jalen Brown, who we haven't even brought up yet. But in general, I think this young crew plus like your Tatum, Bam, Booker crew We'll be kind of anchoring Team USA going forward, which I think is fascinating. And you mentioned it about Ben Carroll, but I think this group has some interesting guys that kind of fit the Team USA style. You know, you've seen this with Melo for forever. Like in my head, when I think of Team USA basketball, obviously Melo's the at my age at least, Melo's the first guy I think of, like Vince Carter, Kobe types, like the tough score from anywhere dudes with those rules where the game's a little slower, it's a little harder to create your own shot. Like if you're really good, you're really good no matter what the rules are. But those guys kind of have their game elevated to a new level in international play. So when you zoom in on this younger team coming in for the World Cup, I think you nailed that Bancaro can certainly be a guy who stands out in that way. And Anthony Edwards, those two, among others, that I can let you talk about, I think will kind of shine in this setting and kind of prove that, hey, when it is time for the the next wave of Olympic guys to come up, we should be in that group. Yeah, I agree with all the names you said there. And one that I didn't mention, you know, when we did this before, Jared Jackson Jr., definitely. I think when you look at, like, how his game can be, his ability to stretch the floor, get out there, still block shots, rebounds, do things like that, that that defense and, and ability to hit shots could be huge for Team USA going forward. So to kind of see what he does in, in this feeble round and then moving over on to the next Olympics could be huge as well. Yeah, Jared Jackson's interesting because – like not low key, that's the wrong way to say it, but just the center position for USA is not that stacked. Like it's definitely their worst position of everything. Anthony Davis is pretty critical in that way. Like JaVale McGee, again, was on this this past Olympic team. Bam's really good. I think he'll be around for a while, but after AD, it's kind of a, a drop off to the next kind of tier of guys. Like Drummond's been in the mix. Miles Turner has been in the mix at this at the center spot. Kevin Love was obviously gonna be a front court player, but like Mason Plumley got pretty far in the process. Last time, too, like DeAndre Jordan's old as heck now. Like, there's just not a lot of American center talent right now. So, uh, all That's the centers true. on this team, Jaron Jackson, Walker Kessler specifically, like, if those two guys pop, they could be good. And one guy we've discussed last time, too, Brandon Ingram's a little more finesse than some of the names we've already said, but I think mm. his play type could shine a little bit on the international stage. We'll see. Uh, but those kind of guys stand out to me as, especially next or maybe not especially next year, but somewhat next year. And then especially in 2028 as kind of guys to keep an eye on that could be ascending into this mix. Yeah. And one that we didn't uh, mention either that I just want to bring up here, like how do you feel about Cam Johnson and how his game could work on the international stage? 
Every every team needs that shooter type, right? Like yeah. <laughs> this is the spacer who's not going to be doing as much with the ball. Chris Middleton was that for the Olympic team to some That's extent last point. time. So uh, if he could fill that kind of role, and I totally think he can uh, in a Team USA setting, yeah, totally. I think he could could be a good guy to be in the mix for a long time, and he's just perfect for that, right? He's, he's just going to be reliable in whatever role they put him in. For sure, for sure. I mean, and ultimately, like the, I think the future is bright for for Team USA basketball. And you know, when you move into this, you know, having this last wave right now with the LeBrons, the Stephs, like that, and really get to bid them farewell, but really kind of look at like, okay, like who's now going to pick this up? Who's going to keep it moving? Who's going to be a year in and year out uh, in these tournaments or every four years, I guess I should say. But like, um, it, it's it's shaping up to be fun. And you know, you we've really had the same people on that Olympic stage for the last decade plus so like to get really get a new wave in that you can see like getting ready to to you know be the face of that with the new coaching staff things like that i'm really excited about this next wave of olympic basketball i hate to be a hater Hayes, but uh by the 2028 olympics kevin durant will be 40 that's <laughs> Steph Curry crazy. will be 40 yeah that that sounds gross like i don't even like saying that out loud that's lebron crazy. will be 44 44 when the 2028 Olympics come around. So even these guys might not even play this coming year. Like they're getting close enough to that height of the age. So the new wave of USA basketball is coming. The FIBA play will be the start of that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing it. No OKC Thunder players on Team USA, although Shea is playing for Canada. But I do want to talk about the Thunder Hayes because a lot of news coming from that team. One, because they made a little waiver in signing today with Rudy Gay coming out and Jack White coming in. But two, a contract extension for head coach Mark Dagnall. Curious what the next steps for them are. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Before we get to that, though, want to really quickly talk to you guys about FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, you can bet on Hayes' White Sox or my Phillies. You might lose a little more on the White Sox and the Phillies, but that's okay. That's 200 <laughs> You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. $200. Sounds nice. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Thanks, y'all, for making Lockdown NBA your first listen today and every single day. Appreciate you stopping in with us and making us part of your day. Check out Lockdown Bulls for your second listen. They've got Javon Carter. They've got Tory Craig. They still don't have Lonzo Ball. And maybe they'll have some guys we talk about in the last segment as we look at free agency. Hayes and Pat, the designer, will have the latest on the Chicago Bulls over there. Let's talk about the Thunder, Hayes, because they've been in the news a lot this week, which is weird. They're usually not a dominant headline team. But first and foremost... Sneaking it in on July 19th, very random time for this earlier this week, OKC extending the contract of head coach Mark Dagnalt. Um, awesome coach as of right now. He was second in the league in coach of the year last year. They were basically a 500 team. They didn't try in their last game, so whatever on that front. But he's been a fantastic player development coach. Like you look up and down their roster, they've got all these young guys that they've drafted and developed, even some that they've scooped up from other teams and developed so i think he's great for their team at their current juncture i think he's a great head coach one of my favorites in the league and all these nba events i've seen him at him and presti him and sam presti are just sitting together plotting i don't know what they're up to i don't know what they're talking about but they're always up to something um i'm curious 
for him and the Thunder what their next steps are. And this is not shade at Mark Dagnall. This is a discussion of NBA coaching. Sometimes coaches are better at the development stage for a team than the competing stage. We've just never really seen Mark Dagnall in the NBA at that second stage in the G League with the blue. I think they won their division like three times. So he's he's certainly done it at lower levels before, but we've seen it with like Kenny Atkinson types where he was a much better development coach than bringing a team over the hump in the past. Uh, for example, like that has been a thing. Brett Brown was that way with Philly. Uh, that That's a thing that some coaches have that label. And that's not a bad thing, but we don't know what, what they acknowledge. He could be awesome at it. Uh, but I'm curious what this means for the next step of the Thunder. They clearly believe in him to be both for them as they push into their next steps. Yeah, I mean, I think that they, they've invested in him as much as they're trying to look to develop players. They developed a coach. He's been in that on that on in that franchise since 2014 where he was the coach of their G League team, getting to see him work his way up to being the head coach of the actual roster. He's 86 and 150 as far as win-loss record, only a 36 uh, win percentage over his, uh, his NBA uh, coaching career so far. But, hey, 48 win percent is last season. So they're on their way up. And, you know, they got a lot of young pieces down there. Uh, Shea Gilgic-Alexander, I believe, would have been an MVP candidate had they won a little bit more early on in that season. And I think he's done a really good job coaching them, developing them. I like his system. I like how he makes adjustments. I like how he finds a way to really utilize guys as well to their strengths while also kind of forcing them to kind of grow in some areas as well. Like, I really do think Dangal is, is a is a really good coach. The biggest question is, like like you said, once they get to that, ready to make that next stage, whenever, and hopefully they do make it to a Western Conference Finals or seem like a team that's on the precipice of contending, is he going to be able to really get them to that level? But I think through the progression you've seen him in, there's enough to think that the Thunder are going to invest in that and trust them to be able to do that. Yeah, I think it'll be fascinating to see that. They've got the star power with Shea, who was just awesome last year. I mean, Amazing. That, dude, that yeah. dude is so good. Like, I'm I'm going to be psyched. I know we just talked about USA. I'm kind of psyched to watch this Canada team with him and Jamal yeah. Murray uh, in FIBA play coming up. Yeah, the, it's interesting looking at their record, right? Like, that first year that Dagnall took over, they were terrible record-wise. I think they went 22-60. and 60, or It might have been a shortened year. I can't remember. They won 22 games. But they went 16-19 and 19 with Shea through the three years. 42.3 win percentage with Dagnall when Shea plays, and that includes that crummy first year. So I think they're definitely headed down a good path. They obviously will have him locked up for a long time. They've got other ascending talents on their team. Like, they're set up, and if Dagnall can coach that team to wins, man, I think it's spotted. We jokingly talked about this a little in our in our first go-through on the show, but my God, they could they could legit trade for anybody. They, they have all these picks from their trades of PG. They traded away Russ and got good stuff. They've acquired every asset under the sun and trading away vets in the past. Like they could legitimately, if they wanted to trade for anything in the NBA, which I just think is absolutely crazy. Yeah, I mean, they uh, they they have more draft picks coming in the next couple of years than what they do sl slated to have open roster spots. They have 14 players. They have to make a decision on options on their contracts next the next offseason. Wow. It's crazy. It's really crazy. I didn't even realize it was that busy next summer. But yeah, Berton's non-guaranteed. Holmgren's got an option. Oladipo free agent. Giddy's got an option. Pokashevsky's a restricted free agent. Jang, Williams, Mann, Garuba, Washington, Isaiah, Joe, Robinson, Earl, and Aaron Wiggins. All with club options. <laughs> and they have five, five, count it, five first-round picks in 2024. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I didn't even realize that. That's crazy. And, 
it, and that is they've done smart moves along the way. I'm not yeah. criticizing anything they've done at all. They have a great asset base. But that does lead to the other part of the reason the Thunder have been in the news this week. And they're going to be in the news for the same reasons next year. It sounds like based on what we just talked about is they have 20. They just cut Rudy Gay today. Doesn't matter. He wasn't going to play for them. He's a million years old. Um, and they signed Jack White. Who knows if Jack White's contract will be guaranteed? I don't know why you would sign with the Thunder right now if you aren't getting guaranteed money because they have way too many guys. They have 20 guys under contract. You're allowed to carry 21 in the offseason, but most teams use their last three or four spots for those Exhibit 10 G League deals. The Thunder, meanwhile, have 20 legit good NBA dudes under contract. Again, this isn't a problem. This is a good thing, but they are going to have to cut good players or guaranteed money. We went through this the first time. I got to read the 18 names, but Shea... Davis Bertans, Lou Dort, Chet Holmgren, Victor Oladipo, Vasai Micic, Josh Giddy, Kenrick Williams, Kaysen Wallace, Alexi Pokashevsky, Usman Jang, J-Dub, and J-Will, Trey Mann, Usman Garuba, Ty Ty Washington, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, and maybe Jack White. All have guaranteed deals. <laughs> That's it. You can't have that many guys. You have to cut at least three of those. And then they're non-guaranteed guys. Aaron Wiggins and Isaiah Joe are good. They were in the rotation last year. Isaiah Joe was awesome. Aaron Wiggins is one of their many development wins that they've had under Mark Dagnall. I have no idea how they're going to cut this team down, Hayes. Yeah, I mean, we joked before, like, there, there's, there literally can be another wave of free agency just from the players that the OKC Thunder are going to have to cut. Seriously. So it's, and, it's, and quality players at that. We're talking about, we're going to rank the free agents available uh, next up, but, like, there are some players on here that if they are cut, they would instantly go to the top one of the top five free yes, agents. They would. Yes, so, they would. like if you're if you're a team that has a little cap space left, and you're going to be able to pick up these these rookie uh, these uh, players on rookie deals and and you know be able to to claim them off waivers. You could get a heck of a steal. It's it's crazy. Yep. It is crazy. It's funny too. Like now's the time for expansion, right? Let the new yeah. team be the five best free agents and the five guys the Thunder cut. <laughs> that is the new Vegas <laughs> NBA team. They wouldn't suck. They would actually be okay. We'll talk about the best free agents left in the next segment. Yeah, and, and like I feel like it's – I mean, I want to predict who they're going to cut. It's really hard, though, because there's not even that many good candidates because some of the guys I would think, oh, this guy doesn't really make sense with their future or – you know, his age or position doesn't line up. It's like they some some of those guys they signed this summer. So it's like, yeah. did they really sign a guy this summer to just turn around and cut him? If I had to make five predictions, my five predictions would be Davis Bertans. And the thing about Bertans is his contract only becomes guaranteed next year if he plays in 65 games this year. You know, an easy way to make sure he doesn't play 65 games, Hayes? Cut, cut him right now. Yeah. <laughs> cut him right now. Uh, so that one seems like an easier choice. Oladipo as well. He's not going to play. And then it gets a lot harder because you're cutting either somebody young or somebody with just kind of tough guaranteed money. My guesses would be Ty Ty Washington, who they didn't draft. They got in a series of trades. Jack White and one of their extra four men, whether that's Pokashevsky, Garuba, or Jeremiah Robinson Earl. What I actually think is they'll trade some of these guys and try to get assets for them, but they they might have to make some tough cuts. It's tough. 
Yeah, they're definitely going to have to make tough cuts regardless. Now, uh, OKC Thunder are set up for assets for the next God knows how long, man. It's it's literally they over the next couple of years, they got they got like 12 first round picks coming in just between the 2024 and 2025 draft, something like that. It's wild. And so, you know, when you have more draft picks coming in than open roster spots you're you're slated to have, it's going to make it interesting every single year. Like the Thunder may have to cut a quality player every every offseason for the next three years. That's I don't think we've ever seen a team in this position like this. They're going to be among the teams to watch at the trade deadline for sure. sure. If they have a good start this year, like if they, even if it's not, not even like a great start, just like they're 20 and 15, like I think there's going to be a lot of chatter about like, oh, do they go get a, a, a dude, <laughs> like a yeah. really good player because they're at that doorstep. Speaking of good dudes, free agency is not done despite it really slowing down. Damon Harden slowing things down. Who are the best guys out there? There's actually some rotation maybe even one starter quality player still on the market it's friday we do power rankings we're gonna power rank the best nba free agents still left to close out today's lockdown nba thank y'all as always for making lockdown nba your first listen today and every day for your second listen i'm cheating self-plug lockdown pacers here the latest <laughs> and greatest about tyrese halburn's crazy summer and everything else going on in pacerland from yours truly let's dive into free agency it slowed down there has not been much in ways of major signings of late uh those damian lillard and james harden guys slowing things down i have a feeling i don't know this but some of the good guys left they're wondering could there be minutes in miami could there be minutes in portland or philly or la once these trades are done or wherever the trades end up happening mm-hmm. or could there be more money elsewhere because those teams can't get involved in three team trades so I get why this is slowed down and might not happen for a while, but at the same time, if you're these guys, you got to get your money eventually. It's going to be interesting to see where this shakes up. Do you feel like this is going to happen soon? I kind of feel like it's going to be a while still before this logjam breaks up. Yeah, I think until the uh, hardened Dame chips fall, at least one of those, it's going to be a lot of waiting because uh, you know there's there's free agents that very well could take a one-year deal, lower deal, to then go and join Miami if Dame does go there. They, they could need some depth there. They can be a part of a championship run, rehab their value, come back on the free agent market next year after after making a playoff run, and then maybe sign larger contracts like we saw saw some of the players already involved in the Heat's run do this offseason. So I, I do think there's some some strategy being played with some of the free agents there in regards to that. And it really makes sense because if Dame goes to the Heat and then they have two, three roster spots open, you know they're trying to make a push. You can do a lot worse than going to the Miami Heat at that point. Just thinking off the top of my head, Bruce Brown, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess got a hundred million dollars this yeah. summer. Like your strategy is exactly right, and those guys will look at those opportunities as ways they can, you know, do something similar to that. So we're ranking the top five free agents still out there. I already know your list now, so it's, uh, <laughs> it's a little different going through it. My fifth guy is, I think, a little unconventional because I think there may be guys presently more talented than him but his ceiling is a very effective wing level rotation player in fact he was starter quality as recently as two and a half years ago and that's tj warren that dude at his best a few years ago could shoot on the wing could defend could create his own shot scored 50 points in one game in the bubble i mean he was just a fantastic player for a brief bit two foot injuries brutal really held him back didn't pop with uh phoenix or brooklyn last year but i feel like 
another offseason, if he's a little healthier next year, he could be a valuable piece for a team. I get why no one signed him, but I think he'd be among my top free agents. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. Like, if, if you can get relative health from him, like, we, we you've seen what he's going to be able to be, especially as a back-end-of-the-bench player. Um, but my my number five is, and this is me not being a homer, this is honestly just basketball reasons, I would assume, like, 23 years old, he was one of the best point-of-attack defenders in the NBA his rookie year, took a bit of a step down his sophomore year, hit, hitting that sophomore slump. His offense stayed pretty much primarily the same as what it did his rookie. didn't show much growth offensively, but when you look at a young, tough defender, he can play multiple guard positions. I think we've now seen he's not a point guard. He's a combo guard, can guard some wings as well. I really like Io DeSumo, and you know, for a team that you can get a guy at a decent contract, Still, some quite a bit of upside left in him. If you don't need his offense uh, and you want, you need to focus on his strengths like defense. He could definitely help help a lot of teams in the NBA. I'm really surprised. He is restricted. Restricted free agents tend to go a little bit later in free agency, but just really surprised how quiet it's been around a player like Io Desumu, who's shown some promise. I agree. It's crazy that it's been just nothing at all. Not even like the Bulls are just going to sign him to whatever kind of thing. Yeah, exactly like you said, like can defend several positions, decent enough creator. Like the offense is rickety. He's not like an amazing passer and was only moderately efficient last year. But if you can defend like that, who cares? You got a role on the floor and on a team. And hey, he's only 24. Oh, I might just say it's 23 now. I think it 24 before the season, though. Yes. Okay. Okay. 24. During the yeah, wow. I mean, he just seems like he'd be fitting on so many teams. He is on my list as well. Uh, easy choice, just a good player. Makes a lot of sense for many teams to pursue. I still think he ends up back with the Bulls. I'm assuming you on Bulls side also think that because why else would they still have him out there as a restricted free yeah, agent? Absolutely. Otherwise, absolutely. Yeah, so we will see uh where that one ultimately. Ends up going still a couple names uh, that are fun and out there on this market. My number four free agent is Christian Wood, who also reportedly might be a Bulls target at this time. Uh, some interesting last couple seasons for one Christian Wood. On one hand, his offensive stats look bananas. He averaged a double-double uh, two seasons ago with Houston. He's still an efficient offensive player, a beast as a shooter, rebounder, post player. On the other hand, his defense is... Um, not particularly good, and every team he's been on basically his whole career has not wanted him back, which is super weird, uh, and I per- I don't know him personally. I've never covered him, so I have no insight into that, but I just always think that that's fascinating, even when he's putting up ginormous numbers on crappy teams that they aren't interested in keeping him, so we'll see what that means for him, but he's definitely talented. I, I'm certain he'll be on a team next year. The question is where, because he's still out there. Yeah, yeah, very talented player, especially offensively. For sure, he's a little bit higher on my list. Not too much higher, but a little bit higher on my list. Next up on my number four, I got Darius Baisley. Um, can play both uh, forward positions. I mean, we're only a couple of seasons removed from him averaging 13, almost 14 points per game. He's 24 years old, but still a lot of upside, like with Io DeSumo. He shot the ball pretty well from three-point range as well in his career. Uh, 31% overall, but a couple of years ago, he was 40% just in OKC. Well, that was at the start of the first half of the season before traded. So, like, there's some upside there. Now, there's still some question marks. He takes way too many threes per the percentage he, sh- he shoots it at. Um, um, but I'm just surprised the player again with his his youth at 23 years old, the upside there, sick, the legit size in 6'9, 216 pounds. There's been nothing. Like look, I haven't if I maybe I've missed it. There's been no nothing I've read about a team even being interested in Darius Bay's that surprises me. I think he signed did he sign with the Nets or did the Nets did have interest in? I can't remember. But yes, 
I was surprised how little there was interest in him. Too. I thought the Pacers should have yeah. interest in him. Oh, before. it looks like he did sign with the Nets. So there you I go. I knew it. There Old you count. go. See the murmur exactly. That's how quiet his free agency was. That was that's, that's crazy. The- Darius Baisley <laughs> signed with the Nets. Well, there you go. Shout out to Darius Baisley getting that money. <laughs> uh, my number three we already talked about was Io. I mean, look, twenty three year olds who can defend and have uh, upside in general are valuable yeah. players. And I get that restricted free agency sucks, and that will be a key factor in the top guy we talk about. But uh, look, it, it, he's good. And if someone comes with an offer, I feel like the Bulls might have to think about it. They've got some tax concerns, as you know, covering that team. If they also want Christian Wood, Lord knows. All these guys. Lord knows, man. The tax concerns are always what kills that team. But I like Io a lot. <laughs> my, my number three is Christian Wood, man, for much of the reasons you said. Like, offensively, you know what he can get you. You you give him 15 to 20 points per game. I mean, uh, minutes per game. He's going to get you about 16 and 8. Uh, averaging a block shot again uh, per game. Like, Christian Wood just... Like yeah, he has his he has his limitations defensively, but what he can bring you offensively is something that a lot of teams can use in a league that values scoring. So I'm surprised he doesn't have a deal out there either. Yeah, we'll see. I think there were some reports. I think Mark Stein that he had offers at the minimum only. I get why he would yeah. definitely want more than that. Um, so we'll see where that ends up with him. My number two and one come from the same team. My number two unrestricted free agent, best unrestricted guy. By a decent margin to me still out there. That's Kelly Oubre Jr. Kelly Oubre, yeah. look, I get why he's not the most in-demand guy ever. His stats the last couple of years, certainly phony. He's never going to shoot as much as he did in terms of volume these last couple of years. But 20 points per game last year, five rebounds, decent defender, athleticism on the wing. He's only 27, so you're not going to get much downside value in his next deal. And not like a slightly below average efficiency player, but... Wings who can kind of score and can definitely defend and never turn it over. It's a good player. I mean, the, he's been on good teams in the past with Golden State and Phoenix and has like a not awful playoff track record. It's not good, but it's not awful. Like, I feel like there should be more of a lineup for him. Any team with a wing, like I, I said the first time we recording, Dallas should be all over this to me. We'll see where he ends up. I'm surprised he is still out there. Yeah, Kelly O'Brien Jr. makes it makes no sense that. He's completely out of like, yeah, he has his limitations. And uh, like every player does at this point has the limitations. But I think you can you you can see clearly a role for him. And especially if you're a team that you, you, he's not going to shoot that value, like you said, uh, as far as that he shot the, that last year in Charlotte. But like he's still a player that can absolutely help teams. Averaging 13 points per game over the course of his career, like teams can use that on, on fairly decent shooting. Nothing amazing, but 43% overall from the field and 33% from three-point range. There are absolutely teams that can use that. Agreed. I'm I'm surprised that he is still out there. I get, again, why the Hornets wouldn't want him, and that leads to both of our number one guy. I can cheat because I already know he's your number one guy because yeah. we already did this once. And that is P.J. Washington, who's just legit a good freaking player. And he's yeah. only 24. He turns 25 next month, but he can defend. He scored 16 points a game last year. He was pretty efficient. He has been his whole career. He can rebound. He's grown his passing a little bit. There's just so much to like. He's a restricted free agent, so the Hornets are guaranteed to keep him if they want. He's young. They drafted him. They picked him with the 12th pick. Like They have invested in him. He's been good. I can't believe they aren't agreeing to a deal with him. And I I get why that there's no space left, that no one else has swooped in and offered sheeted him or anything, but him being out there is just stunning to me. Yeah, I mean, we again another young player that still has quite a bit of upside. hasn't hasn't you know 
plateaued at all yet still has some growth to do in that game six seven seven three wingspan can hit can hit the three play the four like it, it, when you see players like a pj washington out there with no deal it really just reminds you just how it, it's not just about talent sometimes it's about fit it's about scenario things like that if it was an unrestricted free agent he probably would have definitely been off the board but teams may be a little bit hesitant to wrap their money in a restricted free agent and fear that the deal is just going to be matched where they may focus on other things but he's definitely the best free agent left on the board in my opinion uh, agreed 100 and i guess i understand the hornets a little bit with at, brought back miles bridges they still have cody martin they still have gordon hayward they drafted Brandon Miller. Like they've got another, they got a bunch of guys in this like wing size with like Bryce McGowan, Lamelo Ball's tall <laughs> for his size. Like they've got forward depth, and so I get not wanting to bury some of that, but like I'd rather have PJ Washington long term than Gordon Hayward on his expiring contract. That's for sure. So they'll figure it out, I'm sure. But it's certainly weird that he's still out there. We'll see if he ends up anywhere. Hayes, this was a great chat for the second time. Where can people? <laughs> Hear you talk about the Bulls and hear your voice on the lovely internet. Yeah, definitely. You can check me out over on Locked On Bulls, where we're dropping content Monday through Friday. You can follow me personally at CEO Hayes. That's CEO H-A-I-Z-E. If you want to lock in with me on anything else that I do, because I have quite a bit of podcast out there. So That's right. That's right. Locked On Pacers from me. I'm on Twitter at Tony R. East. Until Twitter doesn't exist anymore. I make that joke a lot, and it's still going. Uh, it's still going somehow. It still works. We'll see if the next time we connect to that is still the case. Next Monday, Locked On NBA will be back. Jackson Gatlin with the biggest stories from our local experts, interviewing them one at a time. Uh, if you want the latest news on the NBA, this is the place for you Monday through Friday, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend. Well, I'll see you soon. <laughs>